This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. No Motes, just Euler today here on a Tuesday. It is vacation season. It is summertime. We are uh, moving along here, but with some some different scheduling today. But you guys know the drill when I'm sitting here solo. Um... We play a little audio, we talk to some friends, we take some tweets, maybe I'll give you a goofy top 10 list, we will do that today. I'll give you my top 10 Steelers draft picks of all time before we get out of here, um, what, about an hour or so from now. But the show rolls along, if you do want to get those tweets in, I will answer them as long as they are, of course, show appropriate. We got a few already uh, from Katie, from Don Juan, from Steelers Nation 920, uh, from Annie as well. We'll get to all of those, like I said, before the show is over. Maybe some here at the end of this segment, actually, as well, too. But as we roll along here, folks, I was watching the NFL Network, as I tend to do in the mornings. It's it's just a force of habit, uh, uh, depending on the time of year. Maybe not as much this time of year, because there's you know this is maybe the one time of year truly that the NFL schedule goes quiet. The NFL kind of goes away for four or five weeks here. But that's really the only time of the year that there's not much happening in terms of the NFL calendar. I still, though, just about every morning when I wake up, I walk the dog, I brew my coffee, and I chuck on the NFL Network because I love football, and I think the NFL Network does a really good job with their morning shows as well, too. That's what you want in the morning. Um, you know, you, you, you want a balance of football knowledge with some entertainment as well, too, to, to get you going bright and early in the morning. Well, I was listening to, watching the NFL Network, and they were talking about, of course, our quarterback, our future Hall of Fame quarterback here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with the Steelers, Mr. Benjamin Roethlisberger. And the topic of conversation I thought was an interesting one. So I want to play you here. It's just like three minutes from uh, from Clinton Portis, uh, Didi Kinkwabala, some people conversing on the NFL Network about how far Big Ben can take the Steelers in 2021. Not how far can the Steelers go, not how good are the Steelers, nothing about the offensive line or the defense, or my, just how far can Big Ben take the Steelers this season? Didi, what is Big Ben saying about having to learn this new offense now? MJ, he's saying all of the right things. He's saying that he's excited about this challenge, that certainly this is a different sort of verbiage that he's been used to, that this is a very different offense. He kind of teased us a little bit and said that it will be an offense unlike any that anybody has ever seen. But let's be honest here. In the last two full seasons that Ben Roethlisberger was leading the Steelers, he essentially led the league in passing, first and third in passing. The Steelers were 31st in run play percentage. This was an offense that just had the quarterback as its center point. And a year ago, Ben Roethlisberger really essentially had to design the offense himself. He was drawing up plays in the dirt, which is the way that he and his receivers put it. Now he has a coordinator who certainly likes to do things that aren't necessarily in his wheelhouse. He'd like to see Ben Roethlisberger under center. He'd like to see a lot of pre-snap motion. Ben Roethlisberger today said to us, hey, I don't hate going under center, even though, guys, he was under center less than 50 times a year ago. He, did, he said he'd be open to play action. He'd be open to all those jet sweeps and all these interesting dynamic things. We'll see what that really actually translates to, into in the fall. But I'll tell you this, MJ. Ben Roethlisberger has made a career 
out of making fun of people who doubt him. He plays with an enormous chip on his shoulder, and he has spent this entire offseason listening to people say that he is done, he cannot do this, he cannot play in the NFL right now, and he certainly acknowledged today that that will indeed motivate him. Aditi, I love that he said, I don't hate it. It's like when I asked my husband, would you like pasta tonight? And he says, well, I don't, I could eat. That's not really answering the question now, is it? Emrah, how should Big Ben approach 2021 to put the Steelers in that best position for that division title? Well, uh, to, to second what Aditi said, he should have a chip on his shoulder. And that chip, that chip sitting on his shoulder may look like me because I don't think he can do it. I mean, I'm just... I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Ever since this team had to lean on Ben Roethlisberger's arm, they put up great numbers. Um, uh, at the end of the year, it looks great. But I bet if you ask Mike Tomlin, he'd he bring down those passing numbers, add some rushing numbers, and actually win some playoff games and possibly go to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers we're talking about, guys. That's, I mean, that's what they do. The standard's the standard. And so, yeah, I love the numbers and all of those things, um, but I'm just not so sure Ben Roethlisberger is going to do that. Now, to hear your report, Aditi, it seems like they're trying to teach an old dog new tricks. And um, I believe he doesn't want to get under center because that's a lot of running. Back and forth running. It's just, you know, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger's the same guy that he used to be. Come on, LT. You see what I'm saying? So, it, we're accustomed to Ben Roethlisberger getting out of danger, holding on to the ball, you know, um, making those off-script plays. I just hadn't seen it, and I think that's why you saw an offense last year that was throwing the ball over 40 sometimes a game. I think what both of you are saying is Big Ben has to be open-minded in a change in philosophy. Hmm, where have we heard that word from? Philosophy, changing. Oh, oh, that's right. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers just talked about the change of philosophy. Okay? And so I know it's not easy for these quarterbacks who are up there in age, 16 years plus, to just be open-minded in a change in philosophy. But that's what the Steelers are looking at right now. That's what Matt Canada, as Aditi just alluded to, he wants to change the offense a little bit. He wants to have more play action. Maybe they can compromise a little bit, Aditi, and go to the pistol formation where you're not particularly underneath the center. You're a few yards from the center, and then you still have Najee Harris behind you. That way you can still do play action passes and you can run your offense. So maybe Big Ben is going to have to come to some type of compromise with his offensive coordinator. If he doesn't, we're going to see the same old Steelers. Well, and LT, to that point, he did say that he's had Matt Canada over to his house. I asked him extensively about working with Canada, and he said that it's really about the communication. And I think the most important name that you mentioned right there is the young man, Najee Harris, right? The Steelers used their first-round pick on this guy, and Ben Roethlisberger could not have been more positive in talking about this running back. He said he has an unbelievable work ethic. He said his head is not spinning, that this moment is not too big for him. And he even, guys, told a great story today that a week ago, the running backs coach had to tell the young rookie, hey, I've got to go home. We need to get out of here. <laughs> so at least you know that Harris is working. Oh, we know Najee Harris is working. <laughs> Good stuff there from the NFL Network. And I, I do want to say, all right, I, this is one of those things I feel like uh, we got to get it out there now because I am a Yinzer, I'm a Pittsburgher, I am one of Yins, and I do this too. But you heard him there on that video saying Najee Harris. Folks, that's, that's not how he pronounces his first name. He's been very clear about this. It's Najee. 
Najee Harris, all right? Not Najee, not, I don't know, whatever else you might say. Najee, all right? I've had, I've had to work on it for the last few weeks, too, because all college football season, we called him Najee Harris. That is not how he pronounces his name. Najee, and he was very clear about that. So I just want to make sure we're getting that right here, even if uh, some folks at the NFL Network might be slipping up. It is the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. That was a clip from the NFL Network talking about expectations uh, approach to 2021 for Ben Roethlisberger specifically as it relates to the Steelers team, this offense uh, moving in a new direction, charting a new path right under new offensive coordinator Matt Canada, first-year O.C., Matt Canada, who was, of course, with the team last year as the quarterback's coach, but is now the offensive coordinator in place of Randy Feetner. You heard, I think they did a good job in that clip, the the believers and the non-believers, right? And and there are, there, there certainly are fair concerns to lay out about this offense, what Matt Canada might want to do balanced, right, or or juxtaposed is probably the word I'm looking for there, with what you can ask Ben Roethlisberger to do from a a pure, I'm I'm just talking a mobility, athleticism standpoint here, not processing, not arm strength, any of that, talking pure mobility standpoint. We all know Matt Canada, he has cut his teeth in college football, Pitt, LSU, Maryland. We know that his offenses, it's a lot of play action, it's a lot of movement, motion, pre-snap stuff. You, 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 some people might even throw the, the, some, some gimmicks in there, but it is, it is a lot of pre-snap motion and movement and misdirection. H- how, do, how does that look in year one, right? Because there, there has to be a, a middle ground. Ben is going to have to make some compromise. Matt Canada is going to have to make some compromise it's going to be obviously something that we're all looking at in training camp, what this offense starts to look like, but we really won't know until we know in September. And then maybe even more so it might even take a few weeks before really um, the offense comes together. The offensive line is going to need time to gel. Najee Harris is going to be a rookie. I think we all think and expect him to have an impact right away, but he's still going to need a couple weeks to, 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 for the game just to slow down around him. I think you could say the same about Pat Fryermuth, right? I've talked about this before. I expect him to be similar to Juju Smith-Schuster, where he has some impact in the first few weeks, first month or two of the season, but really it's about week seven, week eight, week nine, when he starts to take off, when he starts to settle in and the game slows down around him, just like it was for Juju, right, when he scored that... 98, whatever it was, 97-yard touchdown in Detroit and then went and locked up his bike on the sideline. That was week eight, I believe. And that's about the same time for another second-round pick in Pat Fryermuth that I think they can really ask him to do a bunch in this offense. And then we obviously know the offensive line now. Whether you believe in them, whether you don't believe in them, whether you think they're going to just be okay, it, it certainly is a lot of moving parts that are going to need to gel, that are going to need to come together. You're going to be breaking in new tackles for the most part, right? Because Chooks is moving to the opposite side. Uh, Zach Banner had a, a sustained a season-ending injury week one Monday night football against the Giants last year. David DeCastro is gone. Marquise Pouncey is gone. And this is all off the back of, right, you, you just lost Ramon Foster to retirement a year ago. It is a completely revamped offensive line. Because, again, even the familiar names like Chooks play in a different position. Moving sides. Even a familiar name like Zach Banner, he only played, what, 
two quarters, three quarters of football last season. But a lot of it, right, does feel like it comes down to Matt Canada, Ben Roethlisberger, where they can meet, what they can accomplish, and how they can take this offense forward, but at the same time still tailor it to Ben Roethlisberger's skill set. That's what it's going to be all about. That's how you're going to capitalize and win the most games. Because I talk a lot about it here on the show, particularly during the season. Our buddy Matt Williamson, who obviously is the co-host of The Drive here on SNR with Dale Lawley, talks about this as well a lot. Him and I are on the same page. The Steelers have to have more pre-snap movement and motion. They have to run play action more often. Now, you could say it was because of Ben Roethlisberger. You could say it was because of Randy Feetner, Whatever. But the Steelers have been at the bottom of the barrel of the league in terms of percentage of plays in play action. Or out of play action, I should say. You know, two years ago, two seasons ago, I guess now it's three seasons ago, but I'm talking about Antonio Browns last year in Pittsburgh. And the Steelers did not make the playoffs, right? The season before Ben Roethlisberger sustained the elbow injury, so 2018. The Steelers had the best red zone offense in the NFL. A huge part of that was because of Antonio Brown. But after they lost AB, they, in the last two years, have gone the opposite direction. They've been bottom of the barrel in the league in the red zone. Now, 2019, you could kind of explain that. You could kind of excuse that away because they only had Ben Roethlisberger for six quarters. You lose your franchise Hall of Fame quarterback six quarters into the season. Okay, it's fair to expect to have some struggles. But I think the Steelers, I don't think I know the Steelers have to get better in the red zone. They have to. And I think that more play action, more pre-snap motion and movement will be a big help in that regard. That's where I'm really interested to see this all play out. You know, when the Steelers are at midfield, maybe it's a lot of Najee and it's a lot of Ben Roethlisberger making calls, making checks at the line. But When they get into that red zone, what they've been doing has not been working. And I'm excited to see how this all moves. Because like I said, I expect the offense to take a step forward to look a little more modern in that regard. But at the same time, too, you have a 39-year-old quarterback. You can't ask him, right, to be as mobile as Josh Allen. It's just, it's just not the case. There has to be compromise. And I know they've got a game plan, obviously, and, and I'm excited to see how they approach all this when the 2021 season begins. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, if you want to get involved, you want to join in on the conversation, it is the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Obviously, a big part of that equation, a big part of the Steelers' offense and how much success they will have will be the first-round pick, Najee Harris. Now, we all know the offensive line has to play into this as well, too. The pass game still needs to be prolific like we think it will be with a future Hall of Fame quarterback and Ebron and Fryermuth and Juju and Claypool and James Washington and Deontay Johnson. I mean, there, there is a lot of talent on that offense, but it does feel like, right, the run game is so important in that regard. We saw that last year. The Steelers were able to do it one-dimensionally for the first half of the season. They, they were overly reliant on Ben Roethlisberger at the line of scrimmage, on their talented wide receivers, on their Hall of Fame quarterback, and they were able to win a lot of games that year to start the season. <laughs> but in the NFL, these defensive coordinators now, folks, are making millions of dollars a year, some of them. They're going to figure you out. You can't be one-dimensional. Moats talks about this all the time. Something that Mike Tomlin preaches, right, is that what, what you're doing in August, you better be doing something different in November. 
You pass rush move that works in week four, well, guess what? In week 12, they're going to be ready for it because they've seen it on tape and they've studied it. That was kind of the Steelers' offense last year. It was too one-dimensional, and it worked for a while, but eventually the book was out on them, and they had no other play. They had no other option. This year, that other option has to be Najee Harris. He has to be able to take over games at times. He has to be able to command the respect and the attention of the defense so that you can get some, some more single coverage on the outside. You can force defenses to have to pack the box more often. Again, all in the name of being less predictable and not being one-dimensional. Najee Harris, along with the offensive line, obviously, but he feels like the straw to stir that drink. And who better to talk about the Steelers' newest running back than an old Steelers running back, our buddy Merrill Hodge, breaking down his playbook on Najee Harris. And everybody to the Factor Back Studios with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where TV lies and highlights really lie. That's why we show you the tape of players and teams. It's the only way you can tell the truth about them. Now, when you look at the first-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris, does his skill set transition from the SEC in college into the NFL? With 100% certainty, yes. But what is that skill set? What makes him special? What makes him unique? Well, his size is 6'2", 230 pounds, which is, I don't think, unique. But what is unique is he has tremendous balance and great vision and patience with his style, but he's a decisive runner, which is important as you transition to the NFL. So I want to show you this very first play, and it illustrates a lot of his patience and the thing that I think makes him very unique. When you look at the play, this play that's going to happen, they're going to pull this guard. Now, from a timing perspective, as a runner, you get in his hip pocket, and you got to time this just right. you got to let him make the block before you make a cut. Well, I want you to show you what happens. Actually, the blocker gets a little hung up. Now, Najee just doesn't take off. He doesn't run this way. He allows the blocker to regain, work through traffic, and come back and make the block. A beautiful job of being patient. Then, this move right here, his ability to threaten laterally. What does that do? Look how it pulls that defender wide. Now you get to see his amazing balance and the thing that makes him really unique. Great spin move, bounce on the ground, another six, seven yards. Unbelievable dynamic ability to control his body and being such a big guy. Next play. Now this is just about being decisive. It actually is pretty simple. Center's got this guy, guard is here, guard's back here. They actually use the wide receiver as a lead play. But as a runner, you got to step over and you got to really be patient. The reason for that, you want to pull defenders in and help your blockers. Well, he does this to perfection. As he slides over, you can see that initially he goes downhill. What does that do? Pulls the defenders in. That makes it easier on the guys that are making the block. So you get a block here and a dig out here. And what do you have here? You have Najee in the hole, but how decisive he is. He doesn't allow that defender to get a good clean shot at him. He's able to break the tackle because he's decisive. Gets upfield, another six or seven yards. Now this next play, a lot of people have seen it, maybe not from this particular angle, but this is actually an outside zone stretch play. And there's a lot to this play other than what ends up at the end. Is as a runner, you gotta keep threatening the perimeter. If you don't threaten the perimeter, you really kill the run. Now, it's not blocked that great at the initial because he gets penetration here, but he gives way because he has a good block here, he's got a good one here. 
because he wants to get this perimeter, get to the outside and threaten this last defender. That's what he's trying to do. That's what this whole design is behind. And he does that. Now I'm sure that defender doesn't want that, but here it comes. Now this right here, when you see a defender standing up like this, I gotta be honest with you. What are you thinking right now? I'm not thinking about jumping him. Well, we're not Najee Harris, okay? So Najee Harris, I mean, <laughs> that's perfect. I mean, can you think anything more beautiful than that? I mean, he is up and over and he's off to the races. And that kind of shows his uniqueness and how gifted he is. But he's more than that. In the passing game, he is outstanding. And he's extremely an intelligent player, which I love about him. He's got a flare out here. His responsibility, if he sees this defender come, he's the hot wide receiver. The quarterback's gonna get rid of that football. So you gotta see that and be prepared for that. And a lot of guys miss it, you know, especially at the college level. Well, when he goes to go on his flare route, you can tell that he knows it right away. He can see it right now. And this is the other thing I think he's very special at. Not a great ball, quarterback was under pressure. But watch how he doesn't fight the ball and makes a beautiful catch on his hip. But this is now what makes him very unique. Great balance, doesn't go out of bounds, regains his ability to make people miss, and we're in the end zone. Najee Harris has a tremendous skill set. It is dynamic in a lot of different ways. He will be a major contributor to this Steeler offense right away. Uh, from Merrill Hodges' lips to our hearts, a immediate contributor to this Steelers offense right away. I think that's what we all want, and that is uh, that is certainly what we will all hope for here when the games get started in September. Great stuff there from Merrill. One more that I did want to play for you here before we go to break. All right, it's Missy Matthews of Steelers.com. Uh, of course, one of our favorite people here in Steelers coverage land. She was able to catch up with one of the newest Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, yeah, we, we've talked a lot about Najee and Pat Fryermuth and Kendrick Green, right? An intriguing guy for me, one that the Steelers traded up in the backgrounds of the draft to get Isaiah Loudermilk out of Wisconsin, talking with Missy Matthews. <laughs> Isaiah, I saw that you were looking for a place to fish in Pittsburgh. So what has it been like getting acclimated to a brand new city? Um, the fishing part's been bad so far. Um, I mean, I haven't, haven't had any success. I'm gonna try again later today. Um, I've just been trying out different spots, but other than the fishing part, it, it, it's, it's been awesome. Um, I've been trying to explore as much as I can. I just got a rental car, so I've, I, I've been going um, all over the place, just kind of checking out all the nature scenes around, all the all the walking paths, the hikes and stuff like that. So that's really what I've been trying to do as of recently. Can you, um, I guess, explain just how different Pittsburgh is from the town where you grew up in Kansas? Yeah, well, uh, pretty much every town is is, is way different than uh, than where I grew up. You know. Uh, population of 600 um, you know there's not really a whole lot that goes on around there um, which is kind of like kind of why you know I, I, I do the things I do now I'm always out trying to find different fishing spots because that's that's pretty much you know one of the big things to do back home so um, big, the big city's nice um, I kind of stay away from downtown and stuff like that just because I'm I, I'm kind of used to a more small town feel but I mean it, Pittsburgh is beautiful so far. 
Um, you had mentioned in another interview just about, you know, growing up playing eight-man football, which in Western Pennsylvania, you know, here I'm not sure if you've realized yet, football is kind of everything. So that might not be something that a lot of people have heard. Um, can you just kind of take us through what it was like growing up playing football that way and going through the process of getting recruited, going to Wisconsin, and fulfilling your dream of being drafted in the NFL? Mm -hmm. Well, growing up with eight-man football, it, it was, it was kind of normal to me. Um, it, it wasn't normal when I switched to 11-man. That's kind of when, you know, football was different for me. But I was able to, to um, you know, figure it out quickly. You know, you just add three people to each team. And, and uh, you know, of course, there's a lot more to learn. Um, you know, a lot more plays. We probably ran, like, three or four defensive plays in high school. And, and that's all we had. And now I'm learning a whole bunch. But, um you know, going through junior high and high school, playing eight-man, um, you know, I, I loved it. And recruiting was, it, it, it was interesting. Um, kind of wasn't sure how it would go. I was just kind of going with the flow um, just because I wasn't sure how, how many teams, um, how many colleges would, would take me, you know, super seriously um, playing a sport like that. But I knew that my size was there. Um, I, I was definitely blessed with that. So I knew that part. Um, I kind of had an advantage on a lot of people. But I mean, it all went extremely smoothly and ended up in Madison, Wisconsin. And you know, I, I couldn't picture a, uh, a better place, better coaches, and better teammates to be around. You mentioned your size, and Coach Tomlin said right after they drafted you that that was something extremely intriguing to the team. Have you always been the big kid growing up and pretty much your entire life? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've always been the big kid. Um, I was always the tall kid. Uh, you know, I've, I mean, I used to be a little a little slimmer when I thought I could play basketball, but, um, you know, around uh, junior, senior year, it's kind of when I put on all that weight, and then I became the, the really big kid. But... You know, growing up, I was always always taller than most. What has it been like getting acclimated, you know, working with new defensive players, uh, just a new coaching staff, and kind of, you know, making that step from college to the NFL? Um, it's all gone pretty smooth so far. Um, luckily, the defensive schemes um, and kind of the verbiage and things we we uh, said at Wisconsin um, have carried over extremely well. It's It's been a smooth transition. Um, I'm used to a lot of the stuff that we do, a lot of the schemes that we do. So, so far, um, it, it's kind of been smooth sailing. The Steelers had to trade into that round to get you. Uh, does that mean anything extra? Obviously, it was a goal of yours to get drafted, but knowing that, you know, they took it a step further to make sure that you became a Steeler. Mm -hmm. I mean, getting drafted uh, made me feel extremely good, but knowing that, you know, they traded up because they didn't want to um, have someone else get me makes me feel, you know, 10 times better. Um, just knowing that they had they had the trust and faith in me just from watching my film and, um, you know, sp speaking with Coach, it, it just makes me feel good. And, you know, I, I was going to come in and, and work the same either way, but, you know, that, that, that part definitely makes me feel a little bit better. Lastly for you, Cam Hayward and Ben Roethlisberger said they really wanted to set the tone with OTAs and, you know, heading into minicamp of having that veteran presence around. Uh, what has that been like for you as a young guy, seeing those two guys, you know, putting in the work when they don't have to be here? Mm -hmm. It's been great so far, um, you know, being able to work with Cam, um, Tyson, some of those older 
defensive linemen, kind of seeing how they work, um, where their minds are at during you know this OTA period ha has has definitely been you know kind of awing to me. You know, I, I watched a lot of those older guys. I watched Big Ben growing up. So, uh, you know, seeing them around the locker room and and how serious that they're taking, you know, every single day um, is, is d definitely good for me. And I've, I've been able to learn a lot from that so far. There he is, Isaiah Loudermilk, out of Wisconsin with the most Wisconsin name ever. Talking about fishing. I'd like to hang out with that guy. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. Going to take our final break. We come back on the other side. I will get to your tweets. Katie, Sensei, uh, Mr. Taylor, Don Juan, Steelers Nation, David, Annie. All the tweets are rolling in. We will get to them as soon as we return. Uh, you got any other questions, comments, concerns, and reactions for me, you can find me. You can get involved with the show at Wesley Euler on the Twitter.com. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7, home of the black and gold.